It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. What's up, fam? It's Chappelle, host of Recap Kickback here for the first exit interview of Deal or No Deal Island as a part of the RHIP Hit or Quit podcast. And I am here with our first eliminated contestant, Mr. Branson Wong. Branson, how are you? The biggest loser Deal or No Deal Island history. <laughs> oh, no, first that, ever, that, you know? Feels, that's feels not fair. Great. That's not fair to you. You were the first. You were a pioneer. And you came into a game that we've never seen before. So I have a lot of questions for you. Uh, first and foremost, how are you doing? You watched the episode. How's everything now that you've seen it all play out? Yeah, I'm doing good. I think, I mean, on any reality TV show, you know, you're always like, ah, man, like this isn't exactly how you wanted it to be or edited, whatever. But I think for the most part, you know, I think they captured my intentions of of things. And, I, you know, I can't be... I can only live with the the decisions I make, you know? Yeah, and, and, and your decisions are really what came to the forefront of this episode. So I do have <laughs> to ask, uh, were you surprised that Aaron actually chose you to be eliminated? Because in the episode, it did feel like you had some idea that you could have been in danger. Yeah, no, by the deal or no deal game, I knew it was a game of my life or his. Um, mm. Which is, you know, it, it's so funny when you're when you're sitting up there in the audience and you know that like everyone else pretty much I think mo for the most part most of them feel safe because most of them either think it's me or Rob or whatever but it, for me I knew like I could look in his eyes and the way that he makes eye contact with me or different things it's like very obvious um, but like I'm sitting there and I'm like <laughs> am, I, am I supposed to be happy for him like what what am I supposed to do I'm like I'm like do I smile am I like hey you know like when it's when the he's offered a deal and like if he takes the deal, he has like a 54 percent chance of staying or a 54 percent chance of staying or a 46 percent chance of leaving or whatever. It's like, do I tell him to do the opposite? Like, I'm like, no. But uh, so I was just like, yeah, let me just keep my mouth shut, I guess. I mean, it's hard to know what to do or to say in that situation when you're like, it's me or him. And it's like, I'm powerless. Like, I'm sitting here and he's playing the game, you know? Yeah, that's definitely a tough spot. I was watching your facial expressions and I could tell you were torn between, okay, do I root for this man or do I just play yeah. on his downfall? <laughs> it seems cruel to like not root for him. But then at the same time, rooting for him is rooting against myself. Like in that moment, I was like 99% sure it was between me and him. Yeah. And uh, were you doing anything to maybe get that target off your back? Like how how much did you know that you were in trouble? And was there anything you could have done maybe to get that off of your back? Yeah, well, from the very beginning, like I <clears throat> I knew like like starting with like the red case and stuff, I knew it was not like a smart tactical decision. Like the the second I knew, like I just knew. Like the thing was I went into the mud and it was very tiring and I was I was actually behind everyone. I started out ahead, but my foot got stuck and my shoe came off and I was like, I didn't know if I was allowed to take off my shoe or not. And <laughs> and then uh and then finally, after everyone was passing me, I was like, screw it. I got to take off my shoes. Like, I don't care if I can't or whatever. And then I just like clawed my way through, gassed myself, got a good case. And then um, I was like looking around to see what other people had as they're doing it. But I'm like exhausted. And then finally, I see like him. I'm like 
breathing heavily myself and I see Kim getting dragged through eventually. And then um, she ends up plopping next to me uh, on my side. And like the medical team comes over for like a half hour. And I'm just watching this woman like in, in tears and like, and, and she's being attended to because, you know, she's not all right. Like she, you know, she can't, is very, very tough. And, and for her, you know, she's not in good shape. Uh, and what I knew about her at the time is I knew she was like an avid reality TV person and I knew she was in debt. Um, and I just felt like horrible because, you know, I'm not someone who watches a, a bunch of reality TV. Um, but like, if you do, like, this is a huge, huge, huge platform. And like, this is your shot. Like if, if reality TV is your life, like being on NBC is like a huge, huge deal. And then I can only imagine like the failure you might feel of like the first challenge, you can't make it one step and then you get the lowest case and, and go home. And, and, and it was like, it was heartbreaking for me seeing like, and I, so when the opportunity arose and it was like, it was my emotions, you know, my emotions took over and it was like, she can't do this. Um, and of all the people, it might be hard, but they could, but I felt like she didn't even have a shot. Cause like, if she stepped back in that mud, like she wasn't, she wasn't carrying one of those 30 pound briefcases, like 200 feet, like she wasn't doing it, you know? Yeah. That's very interesting. Cause you know, we don't see medical get brought in from the television yeah, show. Yeah. yeah. Were you surprised by some of the stuff that was left maybe on the cutting room floor that we didn't get to see in the show? Um, I mean, I, the, the thing is, um, there's just so much material to cover. Like when, when you look at a show like this, I, I did, I was curious how they would do it because like you have the challenge, you have the Island life and you have the deal or no deal portion. Um, and in my opinion, like what I would want to see as the viewer most is like the Island life. Um, mm -hmm. because like, that's where the, like the meat of it is like, that's where, you know, people's intentions and people's strategies, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's like so hard when there's so much to squeeze in, you know? So it's like, I, I know, I knew like going into it, like there's so much that has to be cut. And it, this was like a 90 minute show and it's going to be 60 minutes. So like, I have no idea how they're going to do it. I'm excited to watch, but like, there's so much to get in, you know, to dive into. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember watching that scene where Kim was getting pulled out the mud and there were moments where she was talking about you going to get that case for her and talking about like, as an older woman, she's going to use some of those, those tactics as manipulation. Did you feel some type of way? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really, that was really difficult for me because, um, in that situation, I, I, I acted like purely based off of like emotion, emotional intent. And, um, it was just hundred percent on just how I felt like what was the right thing. Um, and I wasn't looking for her to owe me anything or anything like that. Um, but it was heartbreaking for me cause she didn't say thank you. She didn't. Um, and even after we had conversations and basically she was like, um, basically was like, eh, I would, I would, I would buck you off. Like I, 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 you know, I, I don't, I don't trust you manipulative, whatever. And for me, it was like, man, like I, I, I felt like I put my game at risk, um, for her. Uh, and then to hear her be like, I don't know, I just to like spit back at me and, and it was really, it was really tough, you know? Cause I was like, well, at least the very least is like, I helped somebody, you know, mm -hmm. I could go home and, and at least hold my head high of like, that I felt like I did the right thing. Um, and I helped somebody who needed it. But then when that person is like, <laughs> 
like looking and being like, you're the enemy that I'm like, oh man, <laughs> this is rough. It is like, it is brutal. Yeah. Well, to, to, to your credit, I do think that you very, you very much did come off very much, you know, like it was sincere and like, I could tell that you were really doing this and saying like, no, this is just how I felt. And also that you wanted to, you know, be a good role model for your daughter. How did you, how did your family like take your, your time on the, on the game show? Because this is an adventure and I have to imagine they're very excited for you. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> the thing is like when you're going on something like this, it's like, Oh, well, listen, as long as I don't get eliminated first, you know, <laughs> but, but the thing is like, they, they a hundred percent like know me. Um, and I am very much someone who like, um, even though I am a poker player and I think very strategically, I'm someone who's like always going to be myself and like always going to wear my heart on my sleeve. And like, that's why when I heard the premise of the game, I was like, I'm not going to do well. Like the people who are going to do well are like the people who are going to be unassuming and in the middle, the people who are not going to um, be at the bottom, but the people who are not going to be looking like people who are looked at, you know? So mm -hmm. like people who are looked at as unthreatening and like middling and maybe like nice, whatever in the, in the, in the middle or the bottom middle are going to do like the best because yeah. like the people on the bottom are just going to either go home themselves or just be like shooting shotgun shells at the people that they're scared of, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> it's not going to go over well for me. And I knew it. But um, for me, it was like I felt like when I first got there, um, I felt like, well, even regardless of my decision, all this kinds of stuff, like uh, at least I have Boston Rob. That was my first thinking, because at least in my opinion, he should have been public enemy number one, like no brainer, like easy. Like to me, it's an easy snap decision. You buck that guy off first if you have the opportunity, um, because like he's a very dangerous person to have around. Um, and like it was very, very like obvious to me uh, in early conversations, like how he operates um, and like he only shows you what he wants you to see. Like whereas mm -hmm. like for me as someone who reads people like um, a lot of people present to you themselves or. Yeah whatever, uh, or maybe that whatever, uh, the best version of themselves or something like that. But I always felt that he was presenting to me what he wants to present to me. Like it, it was always very clear, like he will present to you what he wants in order to serve his self-interest. Um, and like, it's a very scary thing when someone's like very, very strategic about how they present themselves and how they implement their own thoughts. Because like, some people can be unfiltered, but he's very selective with what he says. Um, and the way he strategizes is very much like he wants to plant seeds in other people for other people to discover ideas. Um, so he's not like pushing his own agendas super hard um, on the like in the foreground, but in the background, it's like so much impact of how he can change like groupthink, how he can change like the public opinion by like little ideas that he might plant. Yeah. So I saw when you jumped in the mud at first, you were telling us that, you know, this is a thing that you were doing for Kim. You were just doing it out of the kindness of your heart. But then we see Boston Rob start to whisper and getting people's ears. Yeah. yeah. Were, were you very familiar with Boston Rob beforehand? Because you say you knew him, but like, did you, are you a Survivor fan? How do you know no, Boston Rob? No, so I, I've never watched Survivor. Um, but uh, I, my, and I don't really watch reality TV, but my wife, she was interested in going on The, on the Amazing Race. Mm. And um, 
And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know. But, but she was watching like from old seasons. And, and then when I saw Boston Rob, I was like, is that the guy? Like, is that the guy? And, and I was like, and then I was like, wait, that's the guy who was like, I, I remember him and his, his wife were like super dominant. They didn't win, but they were like really dominant on the show. Um, mm-hmm. And then I like spoke to Kim and like did my investigating and went to people like who knew him. And, and I wanted to hear his character from people who had seen it. And then I had, and then I coupled that with how I saw and perceived him. And I was like, okay, I, I think I have a full picture on this guy. And by that time I was like, um, you know, something needs like to be done. And and at first I thought like the group would get there on their own. I was like, mm-hmm. it should be very obvious that a guy who's been on many, 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 many reality shows has one survivor has done all this. Like you take that guy out first, like it should be a no brainer. But when I saw people like we're not going that way, that's when like we had our little powwow at night and I'm like, somebody's got to like say something about this guy. Like, do people not know, like, are people not like figuring this out, you know? And, and, and that's kind of what was like, dude, you, you know, you don't want, you don't want this guy to stay in the game. No, it would have been great if you could have got him out, but it did seem like he got to you first. Branson, before we go, I know we're running out of time here, but, um, this was your first stint into reality TV. Do you see yourself doing something like this again? Could we? Is this our last time seeing you on television? Or tell us where I, we can find you moving forward. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I make poker videos and try to make people laugh. So you can always find me on YouTube. Um, as far as reality TV, like, I don't know. It was never something I, I really seeked out. So, I mean, maybe if opportunities come, like, that would be amazing. But I'm not. Yeah. Oh, one thing. One thing I would, I do want to address, because I watched your guys' podcast um, real quick. Uh, about the conversation with Aaron. Yes. About how like the three, giving him three days of immunity. I wanted to clear my name on that. Yes. Um, you give him the whole season of immunity. What are you doing? No, but this, <laughs> that's the thing. To me, that's like, that's the, the most ingenuine thing you can do is promise someone the world. And like mm-hmm. a lot of that conversation was pretensed with that because it's like, if people are really offering you the world, if they're saying like, you're safe for me forever, that means they're BSing you. They're not telling you mm-hmm. the truth. If someone's saying, whatever you don't get me out now and i will never hurt you in any capacity like they're bsing you because that means that every week whoever's in the bottom they're going to be making the same exact deals and then all of a sudden that you're going to have to make a, a situation like and and that's the thing that i was talking to him about and he did understand that that's why he even brought it to rob because mm-hmm. it's like to me it's so obvious that if if people are making those promises to you then they're empty promises so at least yeah. make make a promise that's real and if I were him, I would I would just make promises to everyone and just say, OK, if I don't get you out, then give me three weeks, three weeks of immunity. That's it, because that mm-hmm. people can do. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. People mm-hmm. can't people can't guarantee you the world. And if they that's do, true. then they're lying. <laughs> Definitely. All <laughs> right. But, all right. Well, that's our time. One last time. Plug your YouTube. Let everybody know where they can find you. And then of uh, course- find me at Branson Poker on all social media platforms. I try to make people laugh. I try to make entertaining content and go through my life as a poker player. All right. Thank you so much, Branson. Everyone, that was Branson Wong, the first eliminated contestant for Deal or No Deal Island season one. Who knows? Maybe we'll see Branson again in these reality TV streets or on his YouTube page. But yeah, to keep up with more of our coverage of Deal or No Deal Island, please remember to subscribe to RJP. Hit a quit podcast feed for weekly episode recaps. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at recapkickback.com. So, thank you. Thanks, man. 